Falls and KQJO 99.3 FM, St. Joseph, Louisiana, Natchez, Mississippi. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is the Restoring Faith broadcast, and I am Dr. Christopher Manuel, pastor of the Smyrna and Maranatha Seventh-day Adventist churches in Alexandria. We desire to present the gospel message of Jesus Christ to a dying world in these final moments of Earth's history. And now, today's broadcast. Scripture reading, church. Amen. Glad to be back home. Amen. Amen. We're going to be looking at the book of Luke. What book do we say, everybody? We're going to be looking at Luke, the fifth chapter. Luke chapter five. And when you have it and you know it, say, I got the word. Luke, the fifth chapter. Amen. I'm going to read two verses, and I'm going to go ahead and jump to a subject and go on. Is that all right, everybody? Amen. I just need for you to follow me. Don't close your Bible. We're going to stay in Luke, all right? All right, I'm reading Luke chapter 5, verse 4 and 5, and I'm reading to you from the Amplified Version Bible. It says, verse 4, when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a haul. And Simon Peter answered, Master, we toiled all night exhaustingly and caught nothing in our nets, but on the ground of your word, I will lower the nets again. I would like to talk to you from the subject, throw your net in one more time. Throw your net in one more time. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Life in the key of perseverance says, each of us thrives on being successful. And in doing so, we often forget the difficulties lying in the path to success. We set targets and want to achieve them right away, but we're humans and we may fall short on those goals. Failure at the start can lead to frustration and it shudders the self-confidence you had at the beginning. And you might consider giving up on your dreams because you don't feel like you can ever succeed in life. Success, despite the popular belief, isn't a one-way path or a straight line. It is a muddled road with various ups and downs and you should navigate it with popular care. You might fall or get lost in your way. However, if you keep on going, you will eventually reach your destination. Let me ask you a couple of questions, Maranatha. Have you ever wondered how some prominent personalities achieved great heights of success? What did those individuals do to set them apart from the rest of us? How did they stay positive when faced with failure? Undoubtedly, successful people must have some secret ingredient that helped them throughout their journey. How can we get our hands on that special ingredient? Well, let's look at one important individual who was successful, a person talking about perseverance. Everyone knows the great Muhammad Ali. Yeah. And when asked if he liked his training, he replied, I hated every minute of training. But he said to himself, don't quit, suffer now, and live the rest of your life as a champion. He would push himself to the limit when preparing for his fights but he refused to quit when things got hard for him. Yeah. This key characteristic is what made him 
the greatest of all times. The point of our text here that we've just finished reading, Christ was showing something, but by his actions and words about how he means for his follower, excuse me, his followers to win men to faith. The historical setting of our text in Luke 5 here at the Sea of the Gennesaret, which is more commonly referred to as the Sea of Galilee. Crowds are following Jesus and want to hear him so much that they're pressing in along the shoreline. And it may be hard today to imagine people pressing in because they wanted to hear God's word. Because today our lives are so full of words, full of all type of words. Today our lives are full of words, words in every form and in every format. But the crowd pressed in so tight that it probably became hard to hear Jesus. So he sees a couple of boats and decides to use one to gain a better position to keep sharing with the people. If he can get a little distance from them and speak up, more of them will be able to hear him plainly. The crowd that followed Jesus they was following him from the top of the town that was going around in Galilee. They stayed with him, however, he let them know. He said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other cities and to other towns also, for I was sent for this purpose. And he continued to preach in the synagogues in Galilee. It's early in the morning. The fishermen have returned from the pre-dawn fishing. And now, church, they're washing their nets. Jesus needed more room. It's tight. And the word of God is being brought forth. And it's life-changing to them at this moment. They have never heard a word being given like this ever before. Words of life are life-altering. Nothing has gone over their heads. He's speaking directly to the people around the shore. Nothing has taken them by surprise. And without question, these words in which they heard are the words that has regalvanized and has reorganized the status quo of their day. What am I talking about? Their social consciousness needed more than just this is us. You missed it. Amen. Their social consciousness needed more than just America's got talent. Yeah, Their social consciousness needed more than just a new series of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Watch out. Yeah. Their social consciousness needed more than just reality TV shows of Real Housewives. The crowd is convinced they needed more of him. Here, so the first point in our text is drafted to teach us that Jesus' words are proven powerful. They're proven what, everybody? They're proven powerful. Look with me in verses 1 and verse 3, and it says, Now it occurred that while the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the message of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, which is the Sea of Galilee. Verse 3, and getting into one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon Peter, he requested him to draw away a little from the shore. Then he sat down and he continued to teach the crowd of people from the boat. The actions of Jesus in this text shows us that his words are proven powerful. He had caught the people on his words. And he was showing the disciples they too would catch people the same way that he's doing. When you have no popular entourage strong in you, no Fox News, 
no CNN television or any other news than the news that travels by word of mouth at the Sea of Galilee. You know then, oh, it's going to be a mighty miracle at the seashore today. People are following Jesus, not because he's popular, but because his words have proven powerful. His popularity has risen so that it pushed him to request to borrow Peter's boat to teach the people the gospel of the kingdom. You mean to tell me, look right quick, you mean to tell me that the savior of the world has to ask something that's external of himself to sit in to teach other people? Hmm. As he was telling them of the kingdom of God, more people joined and more were being caught on the bait of this seashore teacher. The psalmist testifies of Jesus' words in Psalm 33, and it tells us, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. Verse 6, verse 9 says, He spake, and it was done. He commanded it, and it stood fast. What does that say to us that Jesus' words are proven powerful? That tells us that he was just talking when he said, Let there be light. And you know what light did? Light came and did exactly what it was commanded to do. Then from the fourth day of creation, what happened was that the planets came into form because he said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Let there be a firmament above and a firmament below. And all of that, what orchestrated and came out, it it was proven to us that Jesus' words we can lean on. And we can abide by that whatever his words say will gives us confirmation. Even Fifi, when God says that we're healed, we walk in healing. Yes, sir. We can't be scared to use God's word in 2019 when the devil comes to run rushed over you. Yes. Can I give you a personal testimony about God? His proven his word powerful. I'm not supposed to be driving right now. Uh-huh. Like I told Donnie this morning, I'm driving upon battery power alone. A lot of you know that it's cold right now. You're not supposed to drive your car because your alternator not working. Let me tell you who became the alternator in the car. Yes, sir. I'm talking about Jesus. Yes. He says, throw your net in one more time. Yes. So when we can bank and lean on his words, not that if we're acting haphazardly or we're acting foolishly. He says, no, wait till I show up. So when I talk to the person at AutoZone, she told me, uh, Sister Weaver, just call this number and he can fix your car. Yes. I didn't know a soul here in Alexandria ball on account. God said, I'm going to send you to the right people. Just trust my word. Trust in him and all your times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him, the word says, for God is a refuge for us. Well, in this text, his words proven powerful enough to redirect an irritated rumor about him to let us know the passion of the thronging people that followed this Galilean prophet. The people were so awe-stricken by his words, he had to order the fishermen to draw a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and continued to teach the crowd of people from the boats. Now, you know, in, in Jewish culture, their teachers speak in synagogues. They speak in houses. They speak from uh, rabbinic schools. That's what they do. And here on this boat, every word that came from his lips to some soul, they, it came from his lips, from his lips to them as the eternal life word given. Yeah. And the word spoken to those gathered about him, he was speaking also to those other souls, the very words that would come to them as a message of hope 
in their trial, as a message of comfort in their sorrow, as heavenly light while they're going through darkness. And the Holy Ghost, that voice which speaks from the fisherman's boat, would be heard speaking peace to human hearts till the close of time. What am I saying right quick? What am I saying right quick? He's speaking to you today. Because some of us, were carrying different nets around. We're carrying emotional nets. He says, throw it out there one more time. People are going to talk about you anyway. You might as well throw your net in the water. And God God got this because, watch this, he knows where the fish are. While you and I experience this emotional depression as looking at success as a muddled rose with various ups and downs and continuing to navigate in these uncharted waters and proceed in washing our nets upon the seashore of life's goals, we must press on, church. Press on to hear like these in the crowd that Jesus' words are proven power. Not only does this text teach us that Jesus' words are proven powerful, but it goes on to educate us that Jesus' authority is proven transformational. Yes, it transfers. Go with me to verse 2. And verse 5 of our text says here that he saw two boats drawn up by the lake. Mm -hmm. But the fishermen had gone down from them and were washing their nets. Verse 4, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a haul. Mm -hmm. And Simon Peter answered, Master, we toiled all night exhaustingly and caught nothing in our nets. But on the ground of your word, I will lower my nets again. Now, if you look at this text, you've got to look at it for what it really is. Peter met Jesus on a different type of turf. You know how it is. He responded to him, but he was yet argumentative. Peter's voice and his tone in which his response speaks volumes of what the text implies to his listeners as what we would hear today. In other words, Peter was respectively defiant to the authority that was before him. But little did he know that his obedience to the authority would transform his life forever. You've been listening to the Restoring Faith broadcast with Dr. Christopher Manuel. I pray that today's message made your troubles smaller, your hope greater, and your faith restored. You're invited to join me every first and third Saturday for divine worship service at 10 a.m. and on Tuesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. at the Maranatha Seventh-day Adventist Church located on 4517 